You are listening to Redefining Disability, an adaptive sports podcast brought to you by Move United. I am your host, Sean Butcher, and I have the privilege of serving as the editor of Move United Magazine, the nation's leading adaptive sports publication. Each week, tune in to hear how sports have made it possible for our nation's adaptive athletes, training tips from the best coaches and program leaders, and news on the latest technology, equipment, and trends in the industry. Daniel Hirsch, co-founder of the Colorado Rolling Mammoth, will chill across him in 2011, and has been highly involved ever since. In addition to serving as the team's captain, he also serves on the board of Wheelchair Lacrosse USA and is helping to grow the sport across the country. So we sit down and chat with him about the sport. So Daniel, I thought we would just start by, you know, uh, learning a little bit more about you. So tell me about yourself. Uh, Absolutely. So um, I've been in a chair now for almost 17 years. Um, Had my spinal cord injury from a motocross accident in 2005. Um, at that time I was racing competitively and, mm-hmm. uh, had my accident and become a T6 para now. And then, um, just been, grew up in Colorado all my life. Um, lacrosse really wasn't a big thing growing up here. So I kind of found it after my injury really. And, and, and <laughs> when did you discover it or how did you discover it? Uh, discovered lacrosse probably about... 10 or 11 years ago now, um, started out with, you know, seeing an advertisement on TV to go watch a professional lacrosse game down in Denver. Um, and it was the indoor mammoth game. Um, went to one game, watched it, kind of got hooked on the high speed, the, the fast pace, the hits, the, you know, it was just a non, you know, didn't stop. It just kept going. So I really liked it. Um, and that's kind of what got me hooked. And from there it was, you know, starting to look online to see what's out there. Can I do this from a chair kind of mentality? So, so you saw just, uh, uh, you know, an able-bodied sport basically first. And then, and so you didn't have a lot of exposure to lacrosse at all. I mean, you just decided to go to a game and, and, uh, and that's, and that was enough. Yeah. I mean, they, uh, they hooked me in on the advertisement, I guess on that one. <laughs> um, you know, like it, they, they just showed it and it just looks like, you know, I've been to hockey games. I really enjoyed those kind of, you know, it was that, you know, quick movement stuff, but then I seen this and it was just kind of that next, you know, looked even a little quicker yet. So it just, it really drew me in. And, um, and then when you were, I would say exploring it, uh, uh, in terms of whether there's a, there's a wheelchair lacrosse, uh, how, how did you discover that there was indeed, uh, that sport as well? Yeah. So it was just kind of, you know, the whole jumping on the computer, Google searching, um, found there was a little bit out there at that time. That was kind of right when, you know, wheelchair lacrosse was starting to try to get, you know, its feet on the ground and really start going. So there was little information out there, but not, you know, not like what we have now for sure. Yeah. It's definitely kind of exploded in the last just really a few years or a handful of years for sure. Yeah. yeah. And- so it was just kind of, you know, and then from there led to going to the local sporting goods store, found a couple, you know, cheap lacrosse sticks and, you know, got a couple, you know, one other friend to try it out with me and we would throw the ball and pretty much chase it. And then eventually it turned into a game of catch, but more of a throw and chase for quite a while. So you're at least being real, realistic, right? I mean, I yeah. when, you're, yeah. when, you're first, when you first get into it, that is what it is. <laughs> Yeah, it was definitely not a, you know, come easy kind of sport. It was a, it took some work and some challenge, but I think that's what, you know, 
even kept me with it is it was such a challenge to keep, you know, trying to, okay, I was able to do it, you know, a couple of things this time. And next time, you know, I was able to elevate that a little bit more and more. I mean, even after 10 years or so of playing, I'm still finding things that I'm challenging myself to keep elevating. And so. So I was kind of one of my next questions. So you've been playing for 10 years now. Yeah. Right around 10 years. So. And, and so, you know, um, where do you play and, and uh, how do you play? Yeah. So uh, the friend of mine that I convinced to start, you know, playing catch with him and I started the program here in Colorado. Um, the Colorado Rolling Mammoth is what we're called now. We were the first um, adaptive wheelchair lacrosse team to pair up with a professional lacrosse team. Um, so that was really cool to kind of be the first on that. And then he's got such a network of uh, guys in chairs here in Colorado. So we just started kind of convincing them to come out and give it a try. And mm-hmm. soon it went from the two of us to three to four or five and just kind of kept growing from there. That's, that's fantastic. And, and so uh, how long has the Colorado Rolling Mammoths been playing? Uh, let's see. We've had our team together now, you know, as kind of like a, as you could say, more like an official team probably about five or six years now we've been kind of grouped all up. And, and so as a sport, you know, as we already talked about and mentioned that the sport, you know, it continues to grow. So where do you, uh, besides obviously just practicing locally with, with uh, amongst your team and teammates, uh, where have you been able to play other teams? Um, I've been pretty fortunate because, uh, you know, being part of the USA side of it and helping grow it that way. But, um, throughout the U.S., um, we've gone to New York uh, twice. We've been to Buffalo, New Long Island, uh, San Diego. I've been to Baltimore, Maryland. Um, been to Philly quite a few times, mm-hmm. uh, Milwaukee. You know, I've been very fortunate to get to go to a lot of these places and even um, went up to Canada to help, you know, kind of coach and play up there to help them try to get a, you know, a team going as well. That's awesome. Yeah. Cause it's, it's uh one of it's Canada's official sport lacrosse, right. Or, or it is, national yeah. sport. Yeah. it's a national sport. And, so they know, need to get, it's hockey, but it's actually uh, lacrosse. So. Exactly. So they need to get, the, get, get with the program and start some wheelchair lacrosse programs too. <laughs> yeah, they they got to get catching up to us. And so in the five or six years that your team has been in, in existence, how have you, how have you paired up? How have you, uh, how have you done? Uh, we've actually done pretty well. We're usually in that top uh, three mm-hmm. teams, um, you know, nationally. We had a run there of a couple years in a row where we would come up second place, and that got to be a little frustrating, of course. But you know, <laughs> we'd get there and then just couldn't quite finish the tournament out. But uh, um, you know, this last year wasn't kind of like an official national tournament, but we were able to take a good chunk of our team out to San Diego and mix up with some other guys and. Uh, with it, everybody together, we were able to win the overall tournament this year. So, or this past year. And and so, how would you describe the the typical player? Um, a little nuts, I guess. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's somebody that uh, you know you want to have, you want that high speed, you want that, you know, we're because it is a physical sport. You know, we're out there. The it's full chair contact um plus you're also hitting each other with the sticks so i mean it's uh-huh. it's you know you got to be a little a little special i guess to play <laughs> <laughs> maybe not the best way to say it but 
Uh, that's all right. No, that's a, 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 sounds like a good description as, as any, right? <laughs> and, um, and I thought we'd, we'd back up just to talk about the sport, you know, specifically whether you've ever watched lacrosse uh, or played lacrosse. Um, for, or particularly for those that haven't, how would you define lacrosse? What's the objective? What's the goal? Uh, you know, it's kind of really opposite of golf. You want to hit everyone as much as you can and get the most points. Um, so really the best way I kind of describe it, it's a combination of um, really basketball, hockey, if you kind of put them together in a way. Um, some of the tactics that you use in basketball as far as like, you know, setting up plays and stuff like that, um, is, you know, translates over to the lacrosse world really well. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, hockey, because we're playing in a roller hockey rink. Um, it is the full contact side where basketball doesn't have that. And then it also kind of crosses over, you know, how hockey plays as well with, you know, different lines and stuff like that as well. And, and so at any given time, how many people are on, a, on the rink? So with that, um, kind of breaking it down, we've got a goalie. Um, you've got two defenders, three midfielders, and two attackmen. So pretty much any time you're in the attack uh, zone, it's a five-on-five situation. Mm-hmm. But we've got so a total, total of eight on the court. Okay, gotcha. And so like the defenders, uh, I mean, the t- defenders have to stay back then and they're not allowed to cross like the center line, for example. Correct. Yeah. So like your defenders and attackmen, um, they usually stay either in the defensive zone or the attack zone. And the, and the midfielders are the ones that kind of you know, roll, roll the whole, whole rink up and down, yeah. up and down. They're, they're the runners. Yeah. They're doing the whole, they're nonstop. So, um, you know, and you can always switch out like anytime, like, just because you're designated as a midfielder doesn't mean you can't switch his defense and a defense or do some runs and vice versa. So. And um, with any sport, I assume is, you know, how many officiating and, and, and rules are there, are there penalty penalty boxes like in hockey or what, what yeah. are, the, are the parameters? I know you, you said you're allowed to, it's a full contact sport and you're allowed to hit with sticks, but, but I'm sure there are some parameters. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's still, you know, you can only, you know, really go after like the stick. If um, you've got the ball, you can, you know, kind of hit the arms um, with your stick as long as they're holding onto it with the ball. Um, contact on the chair is pretty much axle forward, very similar to, you know, a lot of the other like rugby stuff like that out there. Um, and then of course, you know, trying to avoid hits to the head and, you know, there are going to be some accidental glances and stuff like that. And, um, cause you are moving and the sticks are coming around, but, um, you know, shoulders up kind of off limit. Mm-hmm. Okay. That makes sense. And, and are like, if someone is, is it typically just one, like one official or one ref or are there a couple folks, uh, officiating a game? Usually if, um, everything works out right, there's two to three refs on a, at a game. Um, you know, you go, usually try to keep one. If there's three, we keep one back on say the defensive zone area, one kind of running more that midline and then uh, one on the attack. And then that kind of switches as the game plays. So, okay. Yeah. So ideally three is ideal, but usually most of it's kind of two. Yeah. Right. And, and so you said it's a, it's a fast paced game. What, what is like a typical score or, or, or final score for the, a game? 
Um, a good, you know, challenging game back and forth. It's um, we've had anywhere from, you know, five or five or six goals on a team, you know, and that's pretty kind of common that way. There can be some that will get up, you know, in the 10 to 12, 15 range kind of depend upon, you know, the level of play that the teams are going against each other. So just like a typical like baseball game, score could be very low or score could be high. <laughs> all over the road, yeah. All over the, all over the place. <laughs> yeah. And, and and so obviously if it's a low scoring game, it's like it's a defensive game, right? So um, yeah. do, do you do you prefer to play a defensive game or an offensive game? Uh, I'm more of an offensive player, so I prefer the offensive uh, games. Um, I'm not much of a defensive guy. But, <laughs> and I'm sure spectators like the offensive side of the game as well. Yeah, it's a little bit more entertaining with goals and different faceoffs and stuff like that. So, and what? Uh, so you, so you're an attackman. Your your offense primarily. Yeah, I mainly will do midfield or uh, attackman. And, and so, what are there? Are there particular characteristics that either a, a defensive player will have versus a, an offensive player? Uh, sometimes you'll find with like your offensive players, they've got a little bit better stick skills where they can catch and throw and, uh, really shoot kind of, you know, more particular target, you know, where you, you've got to pick your spots cause you put a, you know, a person in a wheelchair in front of a, a four by four goal, it fills it up pretty quickly where you don't have a whole lot of room to get around. So, um, a lot of times you'll find like your attackman and, um, you know, some of your midfielders have a little bit better overall stick skills yeah so aim aim would probably be pretty important <laughs> yeah yeah not only for passing to a, a fellow teammate but uh, obviously get it into the net <laughs> yeah absolutely and and with uh, the sports i know that i know that um you and and some of the folks that are involved with uh, the sport on a national level um are have have kind of worked to massage and solidify the, the rules and 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 all these different components of it is there a standard like size of the rink um you know in terms of have you have you, have you set like this is the standard rink size we've we've kind of set that in like in our rule book but we found like some rinks you know kind of depend upon locations aren't exactly that dimensions and it's tough to like say well it doesn't count you know because it's four feet longer or, you know whatever it might be mm-hmm. so We've got a little bit of flexibility on that, so just because so, availability is a little bit tougher. Yeah, and, and so at least you know, yeah. So it doesn't it doesn't disqualify a, a location or a rank, you know, because it doesn't meet a certain spec, basically. Yeah, you know, we really try to have it where it's close. You know, fairly close is ideal. We don't want to have something that's supposed to be a hundred feet long that's only fifty feet long because it really kind of changes the game up a lot then but you know as long as it's pretty close we definitely work with it and so what would a a new player need to know like if you were just talking to like even when you're talking to your friend at the very beginning i mean what what were you trying to convey uh or what would you try to convey to a new player in terms of things that they need to know or work on uh really just knowing that it's gonna frustrate you um it's not going to be a sport that you can come out right away. You know, very few people I've seen, I guess I can't say you won't, but there's very few people I see that come out and can, you know, right away catch and throw and move with the stick in your hand and, 
you know, it's, it's challenging. It's, it can be, you know, frustrating at times. Um, cause you'll sit there and throw and not catch anything all day. Um, <laughs> you know, just having some patience and working at it. Yeah. It just, like anything. just like anything, right? Yeah. Practice makes perfect. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's just like, you know, when we all, you know, freshly injured, we didn't all know how to work a chair the best as, you know, many of us do now. So with everyday lives. So, I mean, it's just one of those where you just got to keep working. And so if an athlete, um, is not even familiar with sports chairs or using sport a sports chair and they're just used to like their everyday chair or whatever do would you encourage them to focus on you know kind of the chair kind of chair drills and chair dynamics and 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 stuff and chair drills first and then add in things like you know throwing and aiming and stuff like that uh usually anytime like we bring in a new player uh, we do kind of a combination we get them in a sport chair and some people have never been in one. So, you know, letting them feel what that's like, um, it's always a big kind of, it's fun to watch. Um, you know, when you first put someone in a sport chair that's never been, and they get to feel how quick they can turn and stable they are. Um, but when we, you know, bring out new players, we try to do a combo of, Hey, we're going to put you in a sport chair so you can get the feel of it, but we're also going to work on just some of the basic catching and throwing. So that way we're kind of building on two skills at once. Mm. Yeah. That makes sense. And, and you, you talked about obviously um, uh, hitting, hitting with sticks. What, what's, what's some of the protective gear or equipment that uh, players either can wear or should wear? So really we keep, you know, pretty much the same rules as the able body lacrosse. So we wear helmets, um, we wear gloves, um, elbow or arm, arm guards, and also like a, you know, a chest protector, um, that's also kind of, some of them will also cover like your shoulders and stuff like that, depending upon the style and what you prefer. Um, and then one of the other things that not everybody uses, um, I use them, but I, um, have some carpenter ones that you buy like at Home Depot, like knee pads, but I put them on top of my knees, hmm. um, for any sticks that come down and may hit your legs. And so some players wear those, but, but not all then. Correct. Yeah. Not everybody wears them. And um, anything on the legs or shins? Uh, really, for the goalies, um, the goalies will wear shin guards. Um, but for any like the midfielders, any attackmen, stuff like that, usually no. Yeah. So most of the hits, as I think I think you mentioned, are, are like at, on the arms. So the arm, the arm or elbow guards do a, hopefully a decent job in protecting. Yeah, yeah, they're actually. Uh, you know, I I definitely wouldn't play without them. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, they, I play with kind of like the longer style ones that will go kind of about from my mid forearm up to my mid bicep. So it covers majority of my arm. Um, and then the gloves come up past your, you know, like your wrist bones. So they cover a good chunk of that area as well. So at least if folks are, are hesitant by just our conversation, <laughs> you know, they, they can be assured that at least if they, if they have the right protective equipment, you know, they're not going to get banged up too bad. Yep. And it all, you know, kind of depends, you know, when we start out uh, with new players, it's not so much the contact we push. It's more of the basic skills and the contact comes along later on as, as you start growing those skills. And what do you, what do you do obviously other than official practices or drills, what do you do to, to prep for a game or, or just to, you know, even just to be able to play the game? Um, so we, 
I was uh, fortunate enough to actually work with a college lacrosse team up here in Colorado for about four years. So I was able to learn a lot of drills from them mm -hmm. um, and also kind of just, you know, combine those because we couldn't do all of them that they were doing, but, you know, adjust and, you know, make them work to the wheelchair. So in Colorado, what we do is, you know, part of our practice, a good chunk of it is just running through drills and some of it can be as easy as just scooping up the ball off the ground and, mm. you know, turning the pass and stuff like that to catching and throwing on the moves and shooting and stuff like that. So we try to incorporate a lot of drills into like our practices. Um, and that's, what's great is, you know, if you're new coming into it, you're jumping in kind of with some of these drills and you kind of start seeing the progression uh, with the players, which is really fun. And then, uh, you know, as long as we have enough players, we end, end it usually with like a scrimmage, you know, like a four on four or five on five type of scrimmage. And I imagine just, you know, outside of official practices and, and whatnot, um, you know, athletes have to do a lot to stay in shape and build up their endurance because it's a, because of the fast paced uh, nature of the sport. Yeah. So, you know, part of that is just kind of pushing on your own, really. Um, our, we've got quite a few guys that will, you know, jump on hand cycles and kind of cross train in multiple ways too. So. Yeah. So you have to build up, build up your endurance and, and obviously even try to build up your speed too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And um, how on, on a national level, where do you see the sport, you know, going over the next, you know, couple, couple or a few years? Oh, I really see it continually growing. Um, a few years ago before kind of everything happened with COVID and all that, we were having, you know, the national tournaments, we were having 10 to 11 teams there. Um, this last year was the first year we got, we were able to kind of get a lot of teams back together and play, you know, with, you know, all the restrictions and stuff, but, uh, I really see it growing. We're working on, you know, trying to get the international side going. Um, that's kind of one of our next steps. Plus, you know, helping out all the programs throughout the U.S. that I want to get started. Uh, I've been lucky enough to see quite a few programs start from ground zero up and, you know, been able to give them little tips and tricks that I learned over the years as well to, you know, help get guys out there, get players out there and how to keep them and stuff like that. Yeah. So I'm hoping, you know, in the next couple of years that our national tournaments are getting into uh, 12 to 15 teams. I, I think that'd be awesome. And, you know, get to the point where maybe we have multiple brackets of a teams, B teams, C teams, maybe potentially. Yeah, definitely. And, and you mentioned Daniel at the beginning that you, you know, went out and, uh, you know, went to a local sporting goods store and, and bought, you know, the stick and some pads and stuff. So really, you know, um, it, other than obviously, you know, maybe a sports chair, and a location. I mean, you, the, the the equipment that most players need or use are, are are can be found at just a local sports store. It's not overly specialized. Yeah, no, and uh, we actually started checking out even like the secondhand like sports stores because uh, you could find really good deals on stuff. And I mean, as you're learning and stuff like that, you don't need to go out and spend hundreds of dollars on a stick. You know, when you can pick one up for a good used one for twenty, thirty bucks and kind of beat it up because you know, it does, it does get beat up. I mean, the gloves, they kind of take a beating because they're constantly on the wheels pushing and getting wore out and the sticks will take a beating from, you know, a combination of the chairs and picking up ground balls on concrete and stuff like that. They, they get wore out a little bit quicker than they would, you know, at the regular field games. Yeah. 
And I understand in, in the sport of wheelchair lacrosse, it's a non-bounce ball. I mean, is that correct? Correct. Yeah. So we play with a no bounce ball, um, for multiple reasons. Um, when I first started, we would throw with a regular bounce ball. And if you didn't catch it, then that second bounce, it would just kind of go crazy in a way. And you'd end up chasing them even more, um, where the no bounce, it kind of gives a little bit more control. Um, it's still got the, you know, feel the weight, all of that of a regular lacrosse ball, like a bounce one. It just doesn't bounce. It doesn't, you know, get all kind of crazy on you. Yeah, so, so it doesn't end up 100 feet away or yeah. or whatever, 200 feet away or whatever. <laughs> or bouncing over, you know, any walls or anything like that that you're playing in. And and so is it just, so you said it's like a tip, other than, other than that, it's a typical lacrosse ball. So is it a, is it a, um, is it hollow on the inside? Is it, I mean, is it, what's, you know what, the, what it's made of? Um, it's still made out of kind of like this similar like rubber that the regular lacrosse balls are but i think they've got like a little bit different compound where it just doesn't you know they'll bounce a little bit you know if you were to drop a regular bouncing lacrosse ball and like the regular the you know regular lacrosse ball would bounce maybe a foot or two off the ground where the other would maybe be an inch or two so it's just kind of um years ago when they first had no uh bounce lacrosse balls they were a little heavier a little bit denser um but with these newer ones that they've come out with they feel and throw just like the regular lacrosse balls and then in terms of some of the other equipment you talked about is there any i guess maybe for lack of a better word standardization like uh is there a specific helmet that players should wear or a standard helmet or can you know or are they, is there some flexibility in that and and then I, likewise i guess with this with the sports chair is there a kind of a standard have you standardized that or is that kind of also somewhat flexible too so on the helmets um Pretty much all teams are running just your standard lacrosse helmets. They don't have to be the newest, greatest ones out there. Um, and they even have a version called uh, box lacrosse helmets that are very, really similar to like your hockey style helmets. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, both of those work great. Um, I've played in both of them. I myself, I prefer the lacrosse style helmets. I feel like it's got a little bit more overall protection on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a little flexibility there, but we still want to make sure it's a good solid helmet. We don't want to go out with a leather skin on and consider us protected. <laughs> exactly. And then uh, what about the chair? The chairs, um, really a lot of what the players are using are all court chairs, um, which kind of cross over for basketball or, you know, lacrosse. Mm-hmm. Myself, I've got like a custom lacrosse style chair, which is pretty much like an all court chair with just a little bit heavier bracing in it. Um, you know, it's all welded. There's no adjustments to kind of like the all court chairs. Um, so it's kind of just really solid. Awesome. I, those are the questions I had, Daniel. Is there anything you want to talk, mention about the sport that I haven't, that we haven't talked about? Oh man. Um, it's just, it's so much fun. I, it's hard to, you know, always describe it. It's one of those where I'm ready for the weather to clear up so we can get out and play again. <laughs> exactly well yeah and that's what we always try to do too so if you're if you're listening particularly uh you know give it you know check it out and and give it a try well appreciate it daniel thank you so much thank you